Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to the Retirement Coach Podcast. I'm Mike Keenan, your host. Today we explore retirement rule number 41, which is develop a philosophy. And today's quote is from Socrates, the famous Greek teacher and philosopher who said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Philosophy is a difficult subject. It deals with first principles, and it always starts with definition. Over the years, it has become so frustrating that I've given up trying to define myself. First, I was led to believe that I merely was capable of thought. Therefore, I was. This was given credence by the fact that it was boldly stated in Latin, credo, ergo sum. When someone says authoritatively, credo, ergo sum, It's hard to dispute such forceful logic. Just as I was getting the hang of the credo ergo sum concept with its plethora of cosmic implications, someone suddenly reversed the order and informed me that I was, therefore I thought. The first approach seemed reasonable. I think smart, therefore I am smart. I think dumb, therefore I am dumb. I don't think, therefore I am not. The second approach was equally convincing. I am, therefore I think dumb, and so on. My spouse concurred that the latter equation was actually a fairly accurate principle that could be applied to most men, that is, that we all think dumb. Next, I became convinced that I was a grilled cheese sandwich in a bowl of ice cream because someone informed me that I was what I ate. I love grilled cheese sandwiches with pickles on the side and also ice cream with chocolate sauce slathered all over it. But what I really aspired to be was a pumpkin pie. I always aim high, set unrealistic goals. The you are what you eat philosophy enjoyed gastronomic merit. I would be content most days to be a big glob of peanut butter. I'm a simple man. Again, my wife concurs with this. However, the what-you-eat theory contained inherent metaphysical flaws. Let's say that you go on a diet and you suddenly lose 10 pounds. Where did that part of you go? Did the 10 pounds gravitate to another incarnation of you? Does that part of you mysteriously float around in space, waiting to attach to someone who thinks dumb like you? Philosophy is very confusing. Most philosophers I find to be quite puzzling, and they have distinctive names like Hume, Locke, Kant, and Sextus Empiricus. Be careful what you name your children. You might force them into philosophy, for example, with only one name, like Plato, Cher, or Madonna. Be honest. If someone named Sextus Empiricus knocked at your door with a set of encyclopedias for sale, would you let him in? Now some scientist who wears a white lab coat and experiments on uninformed white mice informs me that I am what I feel. This theory implies that when I'm stressed and emotionally on edge, my blood pressure zooms, my heart rate multiplies like zebra muscles, my breathing quickens and shortens like the stock market, and I succumb to all sorts of physical disorders. The reverse of the process is that I feel at ease and happy. I will enjoy good health. Ergo, feel happy, don't worry. There's a song composed along those lines. I'm trying to stick with this philosophy because as you age, it's important to adopt a comprehensive, long-range approach to life rather than aimlessly living one day at a time, haphazardly smelling roses. Fortunately, I've recently encountered a magazine article containing 
practical tips on how to maintain this feel-good philosophy. I found it in the magazine rack at the checkout counter at the local grocery store, near the conveniently placed chewing gum, chocolate bars, and mints that people often forget to add to their I-am-what-I-eat needs. Let me sum up. It's all about choice. We have examined philosophical approaches to life embodied in the following statements. I think stupidly, therefore I am. I am, therefore I think stupidly. I am a grilled cheese sandwich aspiring to become a pumpkin pie. And I feel good, therefore I am happy. You can pick the philosophy that you like the best, but I am gravitating to the feel-good approach. Here are some tips for fellow retirees to help promote the preferred feel-good approach. Before getting out of bed in the morning, remain quite still for a few moments to contemplate your day. How do you feel? A bit uneasy? No problem. The simple solution? You are retired. Return to sleep. Repeat this process as necessary. And don't listen to the radio in the morning. You will hear bad weather forecasts, disturbing news briefs about bombings, war, crime, drugs, and congested highways. It's important to set the correct tone for your day. Tune out the world. Sometimes with this process, I don't get up and out of bed until noon. The world can be so messy. You might get stuck in traffic or involved in an argument with someone, even your spouse, who has been trying to get you out of bed all morning. Not a problem. Take deep breaths and count to a reasonable number, such as 3,999,999,999, repeating a suitable mantra that restores your tranquility. You will immediately feel better. Let's say that you become stuck in traffic. You weren't listening to the radio because that causes stress, so you missed the emergency warning to take another route. Well, remember, you choose your response. You can sit there and stew and blame everyone else and lay on the horn, pretending it's a machine gun, or you can smoke pot and cool out. It's all about choice. One technique is to treat yourself to things that make you happy. I carry a jar of peanut butter with me wherever I go. Another happy trick is to connect with people for meaningful interactions. There are small ads in the personal section of the newspaper to help facilitate this process. You will be surprised at how many zestful people are out there willing to exercise with you, go to plays, travel, listen to music, look at etchings, whip you, spank you, etc. Yet another strategy is to keep a journal. On one side, make a list of all the people who have wronged you. On the other side, write down inventive ways in which you would like to see them suffer and perish. This will really perk you up. Cross off the names when you think they have suffered enough. This imaginative exercise gives one a terrific sense of control. Of course, Rochester's Kodak company suggested that we use photos of the family to remind us of the big picture. Accordingly, on the wall directly in front of my computer, I have hung an inspiring portrait of a large jar of Kraft peanut butter. Finally, each day, try to be thankful for something. If you freely adopt this spirit of gratefulness, you will start to generally feel better about your life. In my case, I'm honestly thankful for two special people, Mr. Kraft and Mr. Nielsen. They make great peanut butter and ice cream. Ben and Jerry are close seconds. All this has led me to form a new philosophy of life, which I call the you-are-what-you-think-you-would-like-to-eat theory. This theory has wonderful advantages over all the others. 
You don't necessarily need any food on hand. All you do is simply choose what food you think you would like to eat. Remember, it's all about choice. You may eat awful stuff like spinach and your sister-in-law's low-cost casseroles, but you can also choose to think that you are eating peanut butter and ice cream instead. Another good thing about this technique is that it's a democratic concept. Poor people and those living in prison may assume this healthy philosophical approach. It's a wonder that the government hasn't adopted this inventive policy. It wouldn't cost them a cent. Homeless people could pretend that they were eating as well as Donald Trump. Bon appetit and remember, it's all about choice. Today's retirement affirmation is, thanks to Viagra, I am firmly, quite firmly in touch with my inner feelings. Those with puzzling questions about retirement can contact me at mjk6648 at gmail.com. Here is today's letter. Dear Retirement Coach, Now that I've recently become an octogenarian, I feel extremely bored. My life is routine, dull, and predictable. My wife, Maud, typically says, It must be 8 a.m. Herman is in the bathroom. An hour later, she says, It must be 9 a.m. Herman is in the bathroom again. She says that we don't need a clock anymore. There must be better ways to engage in life. Do you have any suggestions? Signed, Herman S. Stuhl. Dear Mr. Stuhl, Congratulations on becoming an octogenarian. Yes, there are many ways to add merriment to life, even as an octogenarian. I will give you an example, and I guarantee that it will give you a kick. Here is what I did yesterday when I was downtown. Leaving a store, I noticed a bylaw enforcement officer writing up a parking ticket. I rushed over, affected a limp to gain sympathy, and listed to my side so dramatically that when I got to him, I almost fell down. Hey, young man, I said, how about giving a senior citizen on a fixed income a break? After all, I was only in the store for five minutes. I used the term young man to soften him up as he was easily in his 30s. He ignored me and continued to write the parking ticket, so I called him a crypto-Nazi fascist. That seemed to get his attention, but he started writing the ticket again, so I said loudly, Do you have a bylaw against spitting on the street? Whereupon I spat right next to his polished boot. That seemed to anger him. He glared at me and said, We sure do. Then he started writing up a second ticket which he dutifully placed beside the first one on the car. You commie thugster, I said. Why don't you write up the bald tire and the loose muffler, too? So he did. Pretty soon after a few more acrimonious exchanges, there were tickets decorating the entire windshield of the car. I didn't care. It wasn't my car. And I'm sure that whoever owns that Lexus can certainly afford to pay for all of the tickets. I target only SUVs and other pretentious cars that guzzle gas and cost way too much. I consider this technique an ecological calling. So Herman, put some fun in your life. Give it a try. Come up with ambiguous insults, because I don't think the average bylaw inspector requires a college degree. For example, I often use the phrase, you psychopathological hamburger. The reference to hamburger always throws them off because they have been raised on fast food and think that maybe it's a compliment. Another insult that gets their goat is, no one will ever know that you've had a lobotomy if you wear a wig to hide the scars and learn to control the slobbering. An appropriate diatribe for bylaw enforcement officers is, perhaps your whole purpose in life is simply to serve as a warning to others. They frequently misinterpret this as a compliment. Same with prison wardens. Herman, a word of warning. 
You must be careful in this endeavor. Never try it with police officers. I saw them on TV once take an 85-year-old man, place him in handcuffs, and bruise his arms and hands. Obviously, they don't have a good sense of humor, being exposed to crime all day long. I would not comment on police and their affection for donuts either, if I were you. Stick to meter maids and bylaw enforcement officers. They are much more fun. This concludes the Retirement Coach Podcast number 41. Our next podcast, one week hence, will cover retirement rule number 42. And now a brief word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Fred's Fickle Follicle Hairstyling. Have you noticed annoying ruts and bald patches appearing on your scalp? Do you tend to wear a baseball cap or a wide-brimmed hat whenever you appear in public? When you awake in the morning, does your pillow look like a Sasquatch rest spot? Fear not. We here at Fred's Fickle Follicle Hairstyling produce a product that will restore your hair. Contact us at Fred's Fickle Follicle Hairstyling, Confederation Drive, Niagara Lake, Ontario, for your free brochure. I'm Mike Keenan, your retirement coach. Have a great day and tune in again next week. 